listening to The Three Kitchens, a member of the Alberta Podcast Network. Locally grounds community supported. Join your hosts, Heather Dyer, Sarah Somer Sundrum, and Aaron Walker. Hey, mamas, what's cooking today? Hello, I'm Elizabeth Bonkink. I'm Andrew Paul. And we're the hosts of The Well Endowed Podcast. The Well Endowed Podcast is produced by Edmonton Community Foundation, or ECF as we call it. ECF provides grants to charities through the endowment funds we create and manage with our donors. Hence the title of our show, The Well Endowed Podcast. Every month, we bring you a collection of stories and interviews with fascinating guests who are working to make Edmonton a strong, vibrant city to live in. Through these stories, we look at the space where endowments intersect with your communities. So if you're interested in the people and issues impacting your community, check out thewellendowedpodcast.com. Hello and welcome to today's special episode of Three Kitchens. My name is Erin Walker and I am joined by the lovely Heather and Sarah. Hello, ladies. Hi. Hello. And this week we have a special guest with us. Her name is Julie Strauss. She is an author, a mother of four, and the host of a podcast called Best Book Ever, where she interviews interesting people by asking them about their favorite book. Welcome, Julie. We're really excited to have you here. Thank you. I am too. Great. Why don't you tell our listeners a little more about your podcast? Well, the premise is just that, where I just invite interesting people on and say, tell me about your favorite book. And it's um, intentionally, I'm not going to argue with them. I'm not going to debate them because I don't want that kind of show. It is a podcast for unabashed book lovers. And I just want to know what you love and why you love it. And the person can convince me to love it too because even if I went in thinking oh this book was kind of dumb then the person will explain you know I had a brother who went through this and this is what the brother meant to me and, and all of a sudden I see the book through their eyes and it is so fascinating and it's always been sort of a gateway question for me mm. because I'm not good in party situations I'm not good in crowds I'm the introvertiest introvert you ever met but I always start with this question you know mm. tell me what you're reading right now or tell me what you love to read. And to me, that's always the gateway into tell me why, because then I know something about you. And I think interestingly, cooking is the same thing, Mm -hmm. um, which is why I was so excited to talk to y'all because it's the same thing of getting to know people, you know, how, as we're going to talk about today, how do you make a pork shoulder roast is interesting because your answer tells me something about how you grew up or what your family says or your home traditions. And those questions are always really just sort of doorways into who are you really it barks a much better conversation and a a deeper question than than some of the surface talk right exactly Mm -hmm. i'm loving your podcast i'm loving your podcast so much thank you it's like a mini book club except i'm not (laughs) participating although sometimes i want to jump in there i'm like i've read it too and i have things to say i want to i want to join this it's also making my book list extremely long it's a dangerous I have to like pace myself. I'm like, no, I can't add anything more to my book list this week. (laughs) 
I know. I bumped into a guest a few weeks ago and she actually said to me, did you ever read that book that I told you? The other one that I told you, you should also read. And I just looked at her and said, honey, every week someone tells me the next 10 books, like I'm doing my best. (laughs) I would never peg you as an introvert from your podcast. You are just very comfortable and your guests are very comfortable and the conversation is very seamless. So that's very interesting. One-on-one and it's about books. So that's my zone. You get me out of that zone and I'm toast. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. We're getting you out of your zone today. We're talking about recipes and cooking and there's four of us here. There's four of us. Yeah, Yeah, that is, that does freak me out a little bit. (laughs) But I like you all. So I I can handle this. I can do it. Good. Okay. So we thought we'd talk today about go-to meals. And as I was thinking about how we talk about a go-to, it occurred to me that everybody kind of has a different definition. You know, if the go-to is that thing that that you've made repeatedly and that you really love, like what makes it your go-to? So I thought maybe everybody could kind of chime in with, how do you pick that thing? What is the go-to? My go-to, I would say, is something that I know my family will eat without a fight. And I also don't want it to take super long. What's your go-to, Sarah? My go-to would be, again, yes, same. Everyone loves it. Easy, quick. And it usually comes from a time when I have completely neglected to think of a meal and what I'm going to do for dinner. And then all of a sudden go, oh, wait, what? What, what do I do? And that's the go-to. For me, it's got to be easy. I don't plan. I'm, I'm not the meal planner. I don't have my, you should see, Julie, I don't know about you, but you should see these guys with their like menus planned out. And I think Erin has like a whiteboard in her kitchen where she's written on the calendar and, and, <laughs> and she's got their grocery list that corresponds to the meal plan. Like it's like super organized and really impressive. I'm like, I have no idea what I'm, <laughs> what have I got in the freezer? What have I got in the fridge? I don't know. Like, I'm just kind of making it up as I go. And I, I love the meal plan and I've tried the meal plan. It's just not me. I don't know. It doesn't really work. So the go-to has to be something that I can like pull together with whatever I've got on hand. And we asked Julie, we asked you, what is your go-to? And you shared with us. You, it was surprising. You just said, I know exactly what it's going to be. Yeah, you you jumped right on it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And all of those things that you said about definitions of go-to, except for the easy can make at the last minute, which this recipe is not. This recipe does require planning. But this one for me fits all the other go-to criteria in that everyone in my house loves it. Mm -hmm. And that is so hard to find, as you all know, where everyone is happy and they're not even happy anymore because now my girls are vegan. So I can't make this anymore for them. But that's a different story. But back (laughs) in the day, (laughs) this was one that everyone loved. The only problem is it does require some forethought. Right. The marinade and all that. But um, it is easy to make. You just have to prepare it in advance. It is a quite simple recipe, isn't it? Yeah, very simple. Why don't you tell us about the recipe you picked and how to make it? So this is a crock pot carnitas. And I will say I got this online many, many, many years ago. I have no idea where it came from. So if any of your listeners know this kind of thing and can help source it, I would love to give proper credit. Unfortunately, I cannot at this point. But the author of this recipe is out there somewhere and we love him or her very, very much. Yes, Um, we do. (laughs) (laughs) See? So it's really kind of a simple concept. It's, um, you know, you make a spice mix, salt, garlic powder, cumin, oregano, 
coriander, and interestingly, cinnamon, which I think is the, mm. the thing that changes everything. And you just sort of mix that up and then you get a pork shoulder roast, or I don't know if this is the truth in Canada, but here it's either called a pork shoulder or a pork butt. Right. It's wonderful to bring home to your children because it makes them <laughs> laugh forever. And <laughs> yeah. Anything to make the darlings crack up and make stupid jokes. So you sort of stab it all over the pork shoulder and massage that spice mix into the stabs and let it sit overnight in the fridge with the spices just marinating and getting all into it and uh, whatever science thing spice does. (laughs) And then the next day you put it in the crock pot with bay leaves and an orange the other crucial component, and some chicken broth. And you just let it simmer all day. And then that at night, you have this shreddy, I almost want to say unctuous pork. It, it just is perfect. The other thing to note is that pork shoulder has a pretty thick fat cap a lot. And you want to cut off a lot of it, but not all of it. And I always cook it with the fat cap on top. So then it melts down. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I've never once dried this recipe out or ruined it, even when I have left it in way too long, hmm. because it is just moist and shreddy and the flavor is out of this world and so you take it that night for dinner the next night and you shred it up and I just serve it like a taco bar tortillas lettuce sour cream guac Mm -hmm. anything you want black beans and rice even though I have a family of very big eaters and there are a lot of us I have never once not had leftovers for this. We Mm. always get several days of meals out of this. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the other thing that makes this a go-to for me is it's a, it's a quick thing to whip up, for example, on a weekend night. And then I've got Monday, Tuesday covered. Mm -hmm. And that was always crucial for me when my, when mine were little was anything that takes away the work on a weeknight. I'm in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We all made this. Who wants to start with talking about it? You go ahead, Heather. Oh, (laughs) Okay. Just just run with it. (laughs) All right. I love a crock pot recipe. I learned this from my mom. She was, she gave me the set it and forget it cookbook before I even had a crock pot of my own. She was big. (laughs) She wasn't much of a cook, but she could put stuff in a crock pot. So I love the ease of it. I think the recipe calls for like a four pound uh, roast. The one that I got was just under three. I think it was a little bit um, smaller, but I didn't change anything with the rub or like I put all of that in there. And I think the stabbing of the meat was new to me before you put the rub on there. And I have a feeling that really gets those flavors into it. And like you said, the cinnamon and the orange, amazing. Like that was my favorite part of it. So, so good. And it's weird because it doesn't really taste like cinnamon. Like when I first saw this, I thought, ugh, cinnamon on meat. That sounds like, what are we trying to do here? Make this an apple pie. It doesn't. It just adds this sort of warmth and depth to it. Yes. Yeah. It is so good. And I'm sure you could overdo it. If you weren't careful about measuring the cinnamon, you just threw it in. If you overdid it, it would probably be terrible. Yeah. Like that one teaspoon is just so Julie, <laughs> I made, I made two mistakes here. Um, first we had already had pork butt 
uh, I had made some like a Chinese barbecue. So I ended up mm. going out and getting brisket for this recipe. And mm. uh, so my first mistake was that I ended up going and getting four kilograms of brisket. And trust me, I know pounds and kilograms. I just wasn't thinking. My kids were with me. So <laughs> the guy comes up with this like big, massive brisket that he had cut up for me. I'm like, wow, this is a lot of meat. And then I went back and I checked the recipe and I'm like, Ah, math. <laughs> so <laughs> I ended up cutting it into pieces and I ended up halving the recipe the way I cut up the brisket. That was my second and last mistake because this was so good. The only couple of things that I did different was I did sear it lightly um, right before I put it into the crock pot just because I like that te crunchy texture. And um, I ended up putting a little uh, dried chipotle pepper in it oh, just for yum. a little extra heat. But that orange, that orange was such a fantastic trick to just, I, I don't know, that acidity, that citrusy. And it was so mild, but it was so there. Yeah. And my husband said, best tacos ever. Mm. And I wow. make tacos all the time. And I had to give him a death stare because I, I tend to think of that I make some pretty good tacos, <laughs> best tacos ever. And I've made it twice since. With brisket or did you do With pork? The I have all this brisket. So okay. I, I used another <laughs> piece of brisket. Yeah. Brisket has a pretty significant amount of fat, right? It does, but it doesn't have that cap on it. And it it's hard for it to dry out. Same thing, same yeah. concept. So, and it's easy to pull at the end yes. of it. So right. I thought it was great. And then I tried some of Heather's. We kind of exchanged so that they tried the brisket as well. Mm -hmm. And and the pork was fantastic too. Like it was so good. Such a good recipe. Totally yeah. something we're doing all the time. Mm. Yay. Erin, you did something a little different. Yeah. So I don't have a crock pot. I burned through two crock pots early on. And I was like, I am never, ever buying a crock pot again. This is a bunch of crap. I don't <laughs> what know. What are you doing to your crock? <laughs> Pot. Yeah, I have no idea. Through a crock pot. So when the temperature regulator just went, well, this one had cooked it so high all oh. day long while I was gone. It absolutely <sighs> destroyed my food a few times because, and then I was finally like, "See you later." I bought another one, and then it just pooped out on me. So I don't mm. know. I now no longer use crock pots. Oh I was like, goodness! Screw that. No, you're you're one episode <laughs> away from this is us or something, right? Isn't that that? <laughs> I had no idea. I thought it was fictional how dangerous they were. So I just cook it. I've learned to adapt all the slow cooker stuff for my oven. I did get the uh, pork shoulder roast. I rubbed it just completely down with this spice rub and then mushed it into a log and then tied it all up. And then it went in the oven uh, like 300 degrees for about three and a half, four hours. And it came out just awesome. And I'm often making pork in the oven like this and my husband's always, uh, it's okay. It's not the best, but it, it'll do. He was like, this is the best that you have ever made. Don't ever lose this recipe. Yeah. Don't ever lose what you, it's like, in the don't vault. change anything mm -hmm. about the method. Like just stick with this. Cause I think he's kind of tired of my, let's try this. Let's try that. Yeah. And you know, I, the last one I tried had orange juice in it, but it didn't have the whole orange in it. Mm -hmm. And I think the thing that makes this so much better is having the peel in there too, like the whole orange chopped, smushed in there and the bay, the bay leaves. 
and my kid who didn't like the pork the last time I made it loved this one too. Oh gosh, that's high praise. And that's the orange. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It changes the taste. Yeah, Sarah, you said to me that maybe the orange takes away a bit of that pork. I don't know what porky, it is about. Porky. Sometimes you get a, yeah, What I don't know what you call it. but I yeah. usually use um, sake to actually take that taste away when I make dumplings and stuff. And now I've just learned that orange works the same way just from your recipe. So what do you mean? Like when you're stewing pork or when you're baking it you just splash on some sake i do or when i make dumplings i just put a splash of sake because you know sometimes meat especially when it's been sitting in the freezer for a long time can have that kind of you can really taste the meat but not the good part of the meat that sake takes that away i heard milk is another thing that takes it away now oranges I never heard of that before. That is a great idea. And it would really mm-hmm. cut it. It would. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Same with shrimp. If your shrimp stinks a little bit, throw some sake on it. That smell goes away. Learning from you guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I also wanted to add, you wrote down a long list of things that we could put with it, but then you put down what your non-negotiable have to includes were. Um, and in that you had the pickled onions as one yes. of the things. So a couple episodes back, I made these pickled Uh, red onions that had a raspberry red wine vinegar along with Mm -hmm. sugar and salt and these onions are just like you just eat them out of the jar they are so incredibly good and they're a quick pickle you make them on the counter and they sit for an hour and they're done oh nice and so i made those with this and oh man i don't know if you guys did the pickled onions as well (laughs) yeah Wow. I just, Mm. yeah. So, so when I was at the store, Erin, with my four kilogram brisket, I was looking for (laughs) the raspberry um, vinegar and I couldn't find it. And I ended up getting a jalapeno onion pickle, which went really well. So yeah, for me, the pickle, the reason I wanted to point that out to you all is that it is very rich, the pork Mm -hmm. and the pickly and crunchy thing I think is the key to really cutting across that richness that the pickly crunchy and sour. Right. Um, and that's also why I like the shredded lettuce. You know, I just think it needs a little bit. To, oh my God. It's so good. I'm in very far Southern California, not too far from the border of Mexico. And we are surrounded by phenomenal Mexican restaurants and Mexican chefs. And a very close friend of ours was born and raised in Mexico. One time we were talking about what's your marker of a good Mexican restaurant? Because we, my sister and I, we grew up on Mexican food. My dad used to always say we have salsa running through our blood. And um, I always have said, when you first get in and you have the chips and salsa, it's the salsa. I can tell right off the bat. If your salsa is good, I know what kind of restaurant it is. And he said to me, my, our friend, said for him it was carnitas because Mm. the carnitas and he actually mentioned orange and at that point i didn't have this recipe but he said carnitas should taste a little bit like oranges and i went what the hell are you talking about (laughs) but then he talked me through you know everyone's mom has their own carnitas recipe he said every time he goes to a new restaurant he always orders the carnitas and that's his benchmark and so now since i got this recipe it's my benchmark too and i taste it and i go no it's not as good as the crock pot recipe mm-hmm. which i am not making any claims for authenticity because i don't know but it feels pretty authentic to me i'm starving now does this happen yeah. to you guys every oh, episode yes. my yes. tummy goes i'm like where are rumbles. we going for lunch oh i wish we could go for lunch where you live julie yeah, yeah. we could go to roy Choi's food truck or oh, something. Yes. that's right <laughs> 
we so love thrilled this one. you all liked it. I was nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I didn't write the recipe. I I don't. I, but I was like, oh my god, what if they all hate it? And it turns out I just have terrible taste. <laughs> Oh, no, no. Awesome. Well, we'll include this down in the show notes because you've got to make this. Yes, Ugh. everybody make it. I'm just going to call it Julie's. Yeah. Awesome. Credited with a, creating a recipe that I had nothing to do with, but That's I'll okay. take it. That's okay. <laughs> you're, you're earning it by selling it. Yeah. <laughs> you're like yes, really promoting it here. Yeah. This episode of Three Kitchens is brought to you by Alberta Blue Cross. Alberta Blue Cross understands that running a small business is tough, and they understand business owners in Alberta are busy. Let Alberta Blue Cross give you peace of mind with a group benefit plan. They offer health, dental, life, and disability coverage for your employees. Alberta Blue Cross group benefit plans are easy to manage anywhere, anytime, and on any device, making it easy for you and your employees to access. To learn more and explore your options, head to ab.bluecross.ca. We are back with Julie Strauss. And listeners, we have another recipe to talk about. Um, so Julie, in the spirit of easy family meals, we shared three of our go-tos with you. And you picked one. And you picked General Tsao's Chicken from the cookbook Every Grain of Rice by Fuchsia Dunlop. And this recipe is also on the dailymeal.com. So, well, let's hear the reviews first of the meal and then maybe go check it out. But I did want to talk a little bit about this recipe. It's quite interesting. I don't know if you guys were, are familiar with General Tsao. Is that something that you knew about growing up? Mm. No, not really. Not growing up. But as an adult, I'm sure I've eaten it a number of times. Right. So this is by a chef named Peng Cheng Kui, and he was from the Hunan province, and he was in exile in Taiwan. And he, he creates this dish and then takes it to America. And so everybody thinks that this is a Chinese dish, but really it got its limelight in, in the States and then went back to Asia. It's, um, sometimes I liken that to kind of butter chicken. Mm. The way butter chicken is yeah. made here is not the way butter chicken originated from in India, but it went back to India with this American kind of take on it. So General Tsao's chicken, you could call it Chinese, but it's kind of Chinese American. Um, so General Tsao's chicken goes something like this. It's got four boneless chicken thighs. And you marinate it with light soy sauce, dark soy sauce, egg, potato flour, and cooking oil. Give it a good mix. And you fry it up in a hot, hot wok or a pan. And it crisps up because of the potato flour. And then you take it out. And then you fry up your red chilies, ginger, garlic, uh, throw back the chicken in it. Give it a good stir. And then you pour in a sauce that's made with tomato potato flour, soy sauce, rice vinegar, and chicken stock. And then you let it boil up for a little bit. And this is something we love in our house. I find it really easy to make. And Julie, you picked this recipe and you made it. What did you think? I'm a little bit fixated on the word easy. Okay. Just <laughs> I get this a lot from you the other me, Julie. Uh, simple Sarah. <laughs> so meaning on a Wednesday night, you'll, you will come into your kitchen and just whip yes. this up. Is that what yeah. you mean? It's a go-to. 
Yeah. Is it really? Is it not to go to? <laughs> this took me, uh, uh, it took me like well, hours. I, why? How? Tell us. <laughs> I don't know. You know what? I do not know how to deep fry. And it felt like so much oh, okay. work. And then getting rid of all that cooking oil afterwards. And it just, now that said, everyone went bananas and loved it. The meat eaters. Mm-hmm. loved this recipe but i i was so glad i did okay. it on the weekend. <laughs> um, because honestly if it had been a tuesday night meal halfway through i would have gone someone order a pizza right. that's it so did you make it in a wok <laughs> no i i did it in a pan i and i deep fried deep it deep fried it well you know what i don't do think that? it's necessary to deep fry i think you just really need to crisp it up on the outside does it crisp if it's not? It does. You can pan fry something and just flip it. I use a wok, so it's a little bit oh. easier. It gets real woks get really hot just because of the shape of it. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's why my it's my Wednesday to go. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm sorry you had a hard time with it, but I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> no, I oh they my son lost his mind. He was like, you never cook like this. And I was like, yeah, that's because it takes 10 hours. You know. <laughs> but that said, he was like, can we eat this once a week? And I said, absolutely not. They all said, absolutely. Anytime you want to make this, make it. Because it was a big hit. And I'd never had it before. Oh, you haven't had it before. Have you heard of it before? No, I have only because it is an answer in the crossword. Right. Oh, that's funny. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And I'm a crossword junkie and general Sao yeah, is how Sao, it's pronounced. Yeah. Sao is almost always That's in funny. there. So my tip <laughs> would be marinate the chicken in the morning or the night before, make the sauce oh. and then go fry it up. Don't worry about it being deep fried. Just crisp up the tops. Get a wok if you want to. I think it's a great thing to have in your kitchen. Yeah. You know, I, when I made it this week, I also, the first time I looked at it, I said, oh my gosh, no, I'm not making this tonight. Oh, okay. Because I was like, (laughs) I'm not used to this technique. Like it's not a method I frequently ever use. I don't have a walk. Mm -hmm. So um, when I did finally get around to it, I made double. So I, I bought a huge thing of chicken thighs and just went to town chopping them all up. And then I was like, holy crap, I have so much. Mm-hmm. But in sort of a medium-sized Dutch oven without the lid, I just pour oil until it covers the bottom. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a healthy amount of, of cooking oil. And then I just batch by batch, I just tossed like two tongs worth of chicken thighs. That's the way to do it. them yeah. around because as soon as you get them right off the bottom, like as soon as your oil is really nice and hot and you get it in there, it won't stick to the bottom and mm-hmm. you can just move them around. And they take like maybe a minute and a half to cook, move it out onto a paper oh towel and then just do, I don't know, I think I did like five batches. I had so much freaking chicken. <laughs> And right. then I had to go out and take my kid to <laughs> an activity that night. And so I was wrapping this up just as we had to leave and we hadn't eaten yet. So I just tossed everything together into like a big yogurt tub. And we just sat in the car and ate it as we drove. And it was fantastic. It was so mm-hmm. good. It is It is a really good recipe. Um, and that's a, <laughs> that, that's a great tip, Erin, like to do it in smaller batches, right? Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. it was. that's the only way I could make it work. So I was like, I have all this chicken. I just have this pan. 
And yeah. I was really anxious about cooking in the hot oil because we had just interviewed about cooking safely with oil in the kitchen, yeah. and fire starting in the kitchen. And I was heating up the oil on my stove and I was like, oh God, please don't let this be the night. I can't handle this tonight. But now you know how to put out that grease fire. So you're good. I'm with Julie on this one. When I, when I saw that we were doing General Tso's chicken, I was like, oh, I love General Tso. And then I was like, oh no, because I'd never made it before, but we did this little video segment mm -hmm. and so we did tofu general sow's tofu instead mm -hmm. of chicken so i remember um. how this went and you, <laughs> like i'm like okay you got to get the sauce ready and have it ready you got to get everything that you need has to be like ready and there yeah. like you can't be like oh now i need some garlic i'm gonna go grab that and start like no it's got to be because it cooks so fast right yes and you need to have all the bits and pieces ready to go in and it's very it's stressful it's <laughs> not found... stressful when you do it in advance it's not <laughs> no and but i know... had everything ready to go and i had like the chicken in the stuff i had the sauce ready i had all my stuff and it was still like everything goes so fast and when you put that sauce into the pan it's like whoosh, like it's gone yeah. in this like it yeah. it's like it doesn't just simmer nicely it's yeah. like hurry up and scoop it back out yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> It, it, I find, and I did mine kind of like Erin in the Dutch oven with maybe more oil than she used because it was almost deep frying. Mm -hmm. And it, I find it, it's messy. It's like hard to manage. I don't have a wok. So maybe that's my next purchase. I should get a wok. But I don't find this easy cooking for me. This is like, it's too much stuff to have to prep ahead. It's too many things to <laughs> listeners. To I and, and Julie, Julie, these two always are making fun of me because I always say something simple and apparently it's not. But you know, maybe, maybe this we is have, one we have of yet them. another vote on our side, by the yeah. way, Sarah. I'm just gonna throw that and out. We didn't prompt her, she said it on her own. One of the things is when I made this for the first time, obviously I was going back to the cookbook and going, What do I do now? What do I do now? Obviously, I make it so often that I know, I know how okay. to put my garlic and ginger in the same bowl so that I could toss it in at the same time. Yeah. And, and it's just one of those things that you can make. You have to try it again, Julie. And you know what? <laughs> you, you just, yeah. from what Heather just reminded me about the tofu thing, if you go get a firm piece of tofu and cut that into cubes, that's your vegan meal for your daughters. Yeah. So you got to try it again. Yeah. You got to try Perfect. it again. Don't be so hard on the the yeah the, the oil deep frying yeah uh, well now I know because that I went full donut store like you know I had it was I used a oh, whole wow. thing of oil I so I had to dump out the hot oil into a big bowl and I'm looking at it like please do not dump that on anybody yeah that's the type of you know I would oh, kick gosh. it with an elbow or something and then you cook up the sauce in there and then you've got this bowl of used oil i know farm women reuse their oil over and over again and are <laughs> clever cooks i shouldn't be dismissive but i didn't know i i was do i strain this what do i do with this and so then i had to figure out a way to dispose of it and i just kept thinking my god frying food is so hard but it never occurred to me that you could do it with less oil oh yeah because mm. i wouldn't have thought that you could get it so crisp and that's what makes this that crispy my that crispy coating is yeah. phenomenal oh and you and also i think aaron you and i both used cornstarch instead of potato flour because we couldn't find it so that don't stress about potato flour Same here. no don't stress yeah. about potato flour yeah what is potato flour i've never even seen it at the store. it's just potato starch some people make cookies out of them but cornstarch works just fine it's all about the crisp right yeah so 
No, cornstarch worked great. Okay, you got to try it again. Get, give it, give I'm it going another to. go. <laughs> I promise I will. I promise I will. Because it was good and it was worth it at the end. I went in with this attitude of, well, this is Sarah's, you know, go-to weeknight meal. So, and then I just started thinking, my God, maybe I'm not that great of a cook after all. <laughs> I think it's the different technique because it's a technique that you are comfortable with because Very you cook a lot with. in a walk, whereas... Yeah. The three of us here are walkless, so it's like this whole new, it feels like dancing with two left feet when you're trying to do something for the first time and it's yeah. not only a different recipe, but a different technique and you're like, how do I hold a knife? Where's the yeah. spoon? <laughs> I even find stir fry a little bit stressful. Mm. It's that quick, yeah. quick thing and like you don't want to overdo it and you don't want, like, I, I, don't, yeah. I don't know. Wow, that's like, those are the things. It's like, I call it my family's answer to a sandwich. You know, when you don't want to cook or, or spend a lot of time, that's what I make. I make stir fries and fried rice because that's like as quick as putting a sandwich together. Yeah. But again, I do it all the time. Yes, you're right. And I have a walk. Go get yourselves a walk. Okay. <laughs> now, tomato's interesting, isn't it? I, I don't often think of tomato products in Chinese food. Is that the... That's the distinguishing thing, right? It is. It's got that nice acidity to this um, recipe and that rice vinegar as well, right? Yeah, that's yeah. Good. It was. Yeah, it's really good. Wow, this like this recipe turned your guys's worlds upside down. <laughs> it seems like I I feel kind of bad now even suggesting it. <laughs> it was it was traumatic, but we got through. We got through. <laughs> It is worth it at the end because it is so delicious. Right. Yeah. And it's worth it if you want to impress. Mm -hmm. Like I could see if maybe if you're having people over and you do a big batch of it like Aaron did and do it like in advance. Could you do the chicken, like cook the chicken in advance and then toss it with the sauce right before you serve it? Absolutely. Oh, okay. So Absolutely. then you can do the get the frying out of the way, like maybe the day before or something. And it stays crisp. It, you know what? Don't worry about it. Because once <laughs> that sauce goes in, it's going yeah. to bring that crisp down anyway. Make it simple. Did I just say that word? You said it, Sarah. <laughs> I'm well, starting to doubt myself. <laughs> Only now? <laughs> now because julie just confirmed your suspicion oh what, what do you guys all usually say so now we're validated Aaron. apparently yeah. she just doesn't hold our opinion to as high of a <laughs> now that's an interesting idea too because we didn't have leftovers because we basically inhaled it because you know we didn't eat till midnight so, <laughs> but um <laughs> But I was wondering, like, this must be a recipe that would be good to double up on. And then, but I was wondering how it would keep if you would lose, because it was the crunch that really sold me on it. Mm -hmm. It would be an interesting to do a side by side as well. If I'm going to try shallow frying and see if I can get that crunch. Yeah. When I say shallow frying, just, you know, put a little bit more oil than just like on mm -hmm. like, right? Well, thank you for trying it, Julie. I Thanks for going through the... Uh... <laughs> I bet she's wishing she picked one of the other recipes now. <laughs> no, I was thrilled. Let this be a warning to all future guests. Just, just call it the simple one and then they'll all, it'll be like code. Oh, that's Sarah's. That's code word for watch out. <laughs> 
actually, the reason I went with this was A, because I had never cooked anything like it before. And also because I follow Fuchsia Dunlop on Instagram and she has a phenomenal Instagram, like your podcast, one of those things that just makes you starving. Look at, I mean, the picture on this recipe you sent me is just a gorgeous picture. She just does great recipes. I think this is the first one I've actually tried. I don't know. (laughs) Well, thanks for, um, thanks for going through this experience with us. Thanks for waiting till midnight to eat. Thanks, thanks, Julie's family. And, and thank you for not giving up and ordering pizza. I was committed. I was committed to the show. Oh, boy. No, but it also made me feel that, you know, that sort of mom panic that you have. Like, I was having those feelings of, is this what other mothers do? No, like, oh my God. just that one, that one over there. <laughs> uh, so I'm glad to know that I wasn't the only one who struggled. And now I know the tricks. And the tricks. I do think once you know the shortcuts, this recipe would be a, not a weeknight meal, but a more frequent meal for me. <laughs> all right. Sounds good. I'll take that. I'll take that after all that trauma. Oh my. <sighs> Well, if you're still game, can we put you in the hot seat for some rapid fire questions? Let's go. (laughs) If you could cook with anyone, fictional or real, dead or alive, who would it be? Nancy Myers, who directs all those movies, and it's always women in gorgeous linen clothes pulling roast chickens and drinking wine and talking about sex. And I just think she would be a blast. Sorry, am I allowed to say sex on your podcast? Yes, you can. Yeah, I think she'd be a blast. Hmm. Oh, fun. All right. Cake or pie? Pie. Okay. What kind what kind of pie? Oh God, no. That's just really uh, my brain just broke. <laughs> uh lemon meringue. Ooh. Lemon meringue. Yeah. Very good choice. I don't think we've had that. Mm. You're sitting down to read your next book. You've got your blanket. You've got your cozy spot. Is there the perfect food and the perfect drink that go along with that? Ladies, I have thought about this so much. (laughs) I did not know this question was coming, but let me tell you, I've put a lot of thought into this over the course of my life, and I know the correct answer. (laughs) Excellent. Listen, it's a cup of hot tea, a little splash of milk, no sugar, and M&Ms. And here's why. Because you don't get any chocolate on your book. Mm -hmm. And all other forms (laughs) of chocolate you get on the book and you don't want to ruin the book, but you need chocolate while you're reading. Ah, M&M's. I yeah. like it. Yeah. It's the perfect reading snack. Anything mm-hmm. else, you know, if it takes two hands, it's out. If it takes a fork and knife, it's out. And if it messes up your book, it's out. That leaves, and it has to be chocolate. So it leaves you with M&M's. You got it. You got this down. <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. I'm really glad that you have put a lot of thought into that. I wasn't sure if that was too on the spot. Like, I am a little embarrassed about how serious I am about that question. (laughs) (laughs) But it is something I have thought about a lot. (laughs) You do a lot of reading. I do. I do. (laughs) So you should have a good setup. I think that only makes sense. Mm -hmm. That's right. It's technically a career move. My my reading snack. (laughs) If it's your last meal, what are you requesting? I've also thought about this a lot. Oh, who hasn't? That's what I said. <laughs> <say. laughs> 
I I'll show you when we do my podcast. I have a book called Your Last Meal. It's a bunch of chefs saying what their ideal oh. last meal would be. Mine yes. would be something that I'm not good at cooking on my own. Mine would be like classic 50s steakhouse, like a strong martini and a gigantic rare steak and oh, yeah. baked potato and cream spinach and oh, a wedge salad with bacon and a really good red wine. It would be like really sort of 50s that you have to wear pearls to the restaurant kind of meal mm. like that. Because I'm not good at cooking any of those things. I would just love to feel very glam. I hope right. it's not your last meal in prison then, because I'm not sure they're going to cater to... <laughs> Maybe they'll change the light bulb so it has a different hue to it. They're not going to give you pearls. <laughs> no. When I no. complain that the martini is not dry enough, I have a yeah. feeling the... Prison guard they, will not care. Do they serve alcohol for people's last meal? Oh, that's I don't a good know. Question. I wonder if they do. I don't In know. our dream world, they do, but I'm, I wonder. Seems only fair. Yeah. I think. Like, why not? Yeah, exactly. Uh, do you have a favorite cookbook that you go back to and use? I do. I kind of go through phases where I'm like all about one cookbook all the time for six months. And then I kind of go to the next one. My current one is The Dining In by Alison Roman. My husband says all the cookbooks I really love are very heavy on olive oil <laughs> and right. sort of big flavors. Also, Otto Lenghi. Do you guys know? Yep. London-based, very sort of rich olive oil, Mediterranean yep. mm -hmm. flavors. I go through, I spend a lot of time with both of those. Thank you for joining us and humoring us and cooking. You didn't yes. just have to join us and talk. You actually had to do some homework, <laughs> which is asking a lot of, of people to join us and actually have cooked. Yep. Thanks for doing the homework. <laughs> yeah. And apparently it's asking a lot to do one of Sarah's recipes. Be I warned, future guests. Lesson future guests. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Julie, for coming on. And can you give our listeners a, another little summary of where they can find you and follow you and start downloading endless books? <laughs> yes, you can listen to my podcast. It's called the Best Book Ever Podcast. It is available everywhere you listen to the Three Kitchens podcast. And um, you can follow me on Instagram, the best book ever podcast account, or my own personal account is called Julie wrote a book and I'm online at juliewroteabook.com and find me there. How often do you release these episodes every week or every Monday, mm -hmm. every, every Monday. Monday morning. And they really are so interesting. Everybody oh. go, if you like any kind of book, like they are talking about every kind of book under the sun. This is not just novels. There's self-help stuff there's like non-fiction stuff there's comic there was a, i think recently there was yes a, the comic one yeah comic yeah. like yeah. every kind nice. of book mm -hmm. i'm always convinced and then i have <sighs> to add it so to my, happy to my book list like that's the hazard <laughs> but it's such a good hazard yeah <laughs> that is a hazard and we will be joining you on your podcast well we'll be joining julie to share some cookbooks and talk about food and books some more why not some let's more. talk more about food and books and simple yeah. recipes, more simple recipes more simple coming recipes. your way, Julie. It's yeah. going to be cookbook, cookbook palooza there on the best oh book ever gosh. podcast. I cannot wait to talk it to you. It is going to be so much fun. So yeah. Much fun. Yeah. I'm excited yeah. about that. Mm -hmm. So everybody check out Julie. Go subscribe. Yes. Yes. Best book ever podcast. Listen yeah. to us on there and all the other amazing so people much good stuff. talking about books. Lovely. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, ladies. This has been <laughs> Thank lovely. Thank you, Julie. Thank you.
And now for the fine print. We at Three Kitchens gratefully acknowledge we are telling these stories in the traditional territories of the Treaty 7 Nations in Southern Alberta and the Métis Nation of Alberta, Region 3. We honor the rich tradition of oral storytellers on this land who have come before us. You can find pictures and recipe links on Instagram and Facebook at Three Kitchens Podcast. If you like and subscribe on your podcast player, that helps more people find us. Dame unas carnitas.